This week on The Zone of Truth, Griff and I welcome Ted and Tyler from the MinMax podcast. We chat about their runs through the 2E module, The Fall of Plague Stone, New Adventure Path, The Extinction Curse, their extracurricular All on the Table episodes, and of course, answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, 15.3 miles from the studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a will save. You're in the zone of truth. And we're back. Yeah, we're back. We made back, it. Separated still. Uh, if I just I if I just look to the southwest and imagine you're there. You know, I I didn't imagine that we would be apart for so many zone of truths, given it's a every other week thing. Yeah, I, I really you, thought bud. this would be like a two or three time thing, but uh, yeah, I miss you too, man. It's been far too long. Tell you know, Haley and up hi. in our in our little corner of the game table, looking each other dead in the eyes, making little kissy faces at each other. Footsie under it the table. It just doesn't translate well over over the internet. No, it doesn't. I just have to send you pictures on my feet now. It's not the same. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like usually, you could prop them right up on the on the table. That's it's right. A shame. You guys are adorable. <laughs> 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 well, thank you. But before we introduce our guests, I want to know, Griffin, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking some Larceny bourbon straight from the bottle and uh, a little bit of LaCroix to wash it down. How about you? Oh, wonderful. I'm drinking a beer called Official. I've never had it before. It's from Bell's. It's their Hazy IPA. Did this at a pick six at the grocery store. Let me see what I think here. All right, that'll do it for me. That's pretty good. I'm into it. Oh, good. Good, man. Before you introduce our guests, I'm going to do something you never remember to do. Hmm? I'm going to go ahead and turn on that Sirenscape. Uh... So um, this one is Alone in the Depths from the Dungeon Depths soundtrack. Oh, this is another classic. Classic HLP banger. Yeah, it's nice. It's mellow. Won't overpower the senses. Absolutely. So, uh, Griff, we got two very awesome guests here. Uh, very new friends of ours. I mean, we just really started talking to these guys a couple weeks ago. We were playing a little little uh, pickup sesh with them, and halfway through, I texted you, and I was like, dude, we got to get these boys on the Zone of Truth. They're great. You so, work fast, man. Oh, we work fast. What can we say? Um, so, I would like to introduce to our listening audience Ted and Tyler of the MinMaxed podcast. They're doing a whole bunch of 2E stuff. Um, and making some waves in the community. Welcome aboard, boys. Hey, guys. It's great to be here. Yeah, uh, really excited, actually. Um, I've been uh, looking at that t- document that you sent me, and I've been just creating the most ridiculous bullshit for answers in my brain. And we'll see what happens <laughs> when we actually get to them. Um uh, for a couple of the questions, I know a few of the people. Uh, and one of the questions I know comes from a listener and the guy who actually introduced us. But we should get to that later, I imagine. Well, yeah, well, I think, you know, nothing's off the table at this point now that Steve and I have talked about foot stuff. So, truth. Um, feel free. Just let your free flag fly. 
So we're, we're talking over video here so you guys can see when I do this, but, but usually we set the... So I put my, my hands up a little bit above my table, and we usually end about here. And I dropped it about a foot. So... Looking forward to uh, getting... So you're saying guys. start higher, right? No, I mean, that's where we started. We started with the foot stuff. We start higher. We okay. started with the foot stuff, and that's as good as it's going to get. <laughs> well, at least you let people know up front where where it where it, the the top is absolutely um gentlemen it wouldn't be a zone of truth or a hideous laughter production if we weren't all drinking some beverages together um i'm gonna start with ted tonight you drinking anything buddy uh i'm drinking a nice uh, 2018 chianti Ooh. Mm. smooth <laughs> very very fa- well vineyard Barefoot. That's a good question, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was hoping for, Steve. Uh, it's not in English, so I don't know. Wow. <laughs> That's a good sign already. It's actually not bad. Tyler, what are you drinking, buddy? Um, I'm drinking two things tonight, actually. Uh, I started off before pre-show... Um, just so you guys are aware, after taking a couple of shots of mm-hmm. uh, Jameson, but not just any Jameson, it's the Cask Mates. And if you haven't nice. tried the Cask Mates, uh, it's phenomenal. I love the Stout Edition. It's got a really mellow peat, and it's smoky at the back end of it, and I love smoky at the back end of my whiskeys. Yeah, you're a Scotch guy. We're I from do. We're from different ends of the spectrum, I think. I can appreciate a good Scotch. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of my, my sweets. I like my bourbons. See, I, I think, yeah, you're probably right then because I appreciate a good bourbon, but most bourbons I just go, ah, I'd rather have a scotch. Sure. I see, I see. I feel you. Uh, but the second thing I'm drinking is my classic COVID beer. Um, I've been buying as many cases of Corona as I possibly have been able to. Uh, originally out of sheer irony. Um, now I have a taste for it. <laughs> <laughs> just drank it so much, I got a taste for the stuff. Man, I'm something about that lime in here. Uh, I I, yeah, I, I'm pretty anyway. hit or miss on Corona by itself. When you drop that little lime wedge in there, uh, that's good summertime drinking. Hey, you know, that's. I think that's, I need something bright in my day. And the fact that I can finish my work day, walk downstairs and just pop a lime and a Corona, I at least feel like I'm on the beach instead of, you know, stuck in one place. That certainly helps. Um, well, gentlemen, let's just kick things off. How does that sound to you guys? Okay. Sure. Sweet. So, um, you know, every, every once in a while we'll have uh, guests like yourself who are putting out content, but maybe some of our listeners aren't familiar with you guys. They've never heard your voices. You're brand new for them. Um, so I'd like to give you guys the opportunity right now just to kind of introduce yourselves um, talk maybe a little bit about what the Min Maxed podcast is, um, and then we'll just kind of see where it goes. Ted, do you want to go first so I don't take over like I always do? Um, yeah, I'll be quick, short and sweet. Um, so yeah, my name is Ted. Uh, I've been playing Pathfinder with Tyler here for going on four or five years. He's actually the one that introduced me to uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, the whole whole spiel um the min max podcast is 
It's a bunch of Minnesota people. That's where the Min and the Min Max comes from. Four of us or five of us from Minnesota. The, the fifth one actually moved to Georgia. David. We really focus heavily on rules. We think of ourselves as more of a rules-based podcast more than anything. And we picked up on uh, second edition as soon as it dropped. Uh, as soon as the, the core rule books were out, we started a podcast. We, we wanted to be the first ones out there just dissecting the rule book and playing. So I'm going to let Tyler go from there. Uh, straight up, uh, the second edition core came out on August 1st. It was on all of our doorsteps on August 1st. We recorded our very first episode on August 2nd. No way. Wow. Is that yeah. that's that's true? That's true. That's crazy. Uh now we had we had prepped and like or like all right guys, we decided we're going to do this. Um I'll go into my tabletop RPG history uh after I'm done with this part cuz that's that's a longer story. <laughs> but for the podcast, we were like, all right, second edition's coming out. I took heavily, I was heavily involved in the playtest. I ran, I think, four different groups through Doomsday Dawn. Um, not entirely. Everybody made it through a certain portion you know, of it. Uh, I tried different people in different chapters, but I wanted to submit feedback because I was really excited for second edition for a lot of reasons. But the biggest reason was I wanted to support to support the publisher who saved my tabletop RPG game. Um, and that sounds super hypocritical to anybody who knows what I'm talking about because of the new system. But uh, we thought that since we had such a solid handle on 3.x or Pathfinder First Edition, we wanted to be like, hey, we've listened to some podcasts and rules are hard. And when you're listening to somebody at the table, trying to grapple with it like you're trying to you're trying to balance story and sound quality and rules adherence and we thought that a lot of people get lost in editing out the conversation about rules so that's where we wanted to insert ourselves so we thought fucking digest that core rule book as soon as we possibly could and then just get on air and that's what we did uh, apparently it only took you 24 hours Fuck, 600 dude. page book man I, I okay. think we all took the day off too we we did we all took a couple days off we're just like we're gonna dissect this we're gonna learn everything we can as fast as we can so we can start recording yeah yeah and we did cheat a little bit our first session zero episode oh god ted i'm sorry i brought it up our session zero episode we recorded on the second and we didn't actually record any content we talked about our characters and said the word social contact 500 times. Sorry, social contract 500 times. Oh boy. <laughs> Don't. It's terrible. To anybody who's like an HLP listener and you're like, oh, I'll check these guys out. That's cool. First of all, appreciate it. Thanks. Thumbs up. Uh, second of all, skip session zero unless you want to listen to us embarrass ourselves. I, I, I'm, hey, I mean, that's you had the balls to put it out there. Right. Straight up, man. <laughs> To do it within 24 hours of the um, the system releasing, that, that blew my mind already. And um, also, like everybody's first episode sucks. Like, oh, come yeah. on, oh, yeah. come on, yeah. it's truth, <laughs> truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think anyone in the MinMax podcast really likes that episode. But sadly, I think it has our, our second most listens out of all of our episodes. I think yeah, it's, it's usually like thing. session zero and session one yeah. get like the 
Because, you know, the nature of what we do, everybody wants to start at the beginning. Truth. Although, for it, we, I was very excited to find out that in our most listened, it went session zero, session one of, of Fall of Plaguestone, and now it's session one of Extinction Curse, which is phenomenal start at Extinction Curse. Uh, <laughs> for being a, a podcast that we really wanted to be solid on the rules, aside from the fact that Paizo released Arata halfway through our run, which was rough. Um, especially even now, I still hear listeners come back and be like, hey, you did this wrong. You'd be like, yeah, at the time, it wasn't. Yep, yep. Now it is. <laughs> so sorry about that. Um, but there's still things that we go back and listen to, like Treat Wounds in second edition. For most of the run of Fall of Plaguestone, we did it wrong. Straight up. That's that's all on me. That was the, the druid that was healing everybody. I fucked up. <laughs> My bad. And we segmented that book. Like... Playing the rules and game mastering, I ate. Like, everybody had to take chapter nine. That was playing the game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... Right. If you're if you're new to second edition in any way, shape, or form, and you open that book to page one, stop it, find out where chapter nine is, and read playing the game first, then go back to chapter one and start over. Because once you understand the skeleton of the game, everything plugs in really easily. I think that um, makes a lot of sense, Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's my suggestion for people on that. Absolutely. Well, you uh, you mentioned uh, a minute or so ago that you actually have a a member of your show um, who is located down in Georgia. Did I hear correctly? So here's my next question: How do you guys record? Then it's all remote, then, right? I'll, I'll answer this one. Um, so when we first started playing. David was in Minnesota. We all sat around a table. Um, mm-hmm. As we all started to split apart, we tried out a c- couple different um, options for recording or for even just playing together. This is before we even did the podcast. We were trying uh, Google Hangouts, um, multiple different systems just to see what worked. Um, once we just decided to do a podcast, we switched systems again. Uh, currently, we use Zoom, which is uh, I think just about everybody knows what Zoom is at this point. If If you're dealing with covid um we we do video recording and on audio recording through zoom to get together and we play um on fantasy grounds which is a wonderful application for a digital tabletop um i I can't rave about fantasy grounds enough it's fantastic yes again yes and again yes yeah, we we use fantasy grounds, obviously not to the extent as you guys do, because we're all sitting around the table. We do use it for our maps and that kind of stuff, um, and really love it as well. I think you know, obviously it's it or roll twenty for most people. Me being the guy that buys everything for TTRPGs for everyone, <laughs> have the you know ultimate license and all that shit. So. For sure. Um. There's there's a, there's some really cool ones coming down the pipe right now though that I think that I want to I I just want to throw out there. I think it's I I I'm almost going to Google search it now. I think it's called Arkan Forge. Okay. Yeah, but I've seen that one. You've is seen Arkan Forge? Like fully 3D one. Yep, that's the fully 3D one. There's uh spatial sound and visual triggers if you find yourself like having the time to be able to put and code those things into Arkenforge, Forge. I've just played with it for an hour because why not? 
Uh, it doesn't do the rules bits that Fantasy Grounds does. It's just basically a map with tokens at its core, right? Uh, for us, Fantasy Grounds helps us tremendously with the rules, um, which is why we still use it. But yeah, It keeps track a lot of the, the minutia that we sometimes forget in the middle of combat. Um, conditions are huge in second edition. Mm-hmm. Being able to, to actually digitally keep track of the conditions that the enemies and your allies are under, it's fantastic. Well, that's that's great. I'm uh, I'm glad to hear that even though, you know, you guys are separated by distance, you're together in your hearts and everything's working out copacetically. Um, and, and so how many people are on your show? Five. There's five of us. And and, um, and Tyler, I, I can't remember if we've mentioned this before. So so pardon me if, if you have, but you're the DM, correct? Or GM? Nah, no, we haven't mentioned that. I am the GM. Yes, that's me. Which is why I every time it, I'm like Ted talk now because I talk too fucking much. So. <laughs> I feel you on that one. Yeah, yeah. You got I, the, talk, I talk the least on the podcast, possibly. And uh, I, well, that's I, why we brought you on. I know it's good yin yang. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to keep Tyler in line, basically. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure you guys noticed. I had somebody to keep me on li- in line in our all in the table sessions too, because well. Sometimes shit gets a little wonky when yeah. you're trying to keep the story interesting and rules solid. It was weird when I when I invited you on this show. You're like, I'm not allowed unless Ted's there. <laughs> it's yeah, Ted. And you mentioned social contract like three times. There's social contract <laughs> between each other. It's Ted or it's Swanee or it's David. It's got to be somebody, but somebody has to keep me in line. Stop signing all those social contracts. <laughs> That's your problem. Well, I think the real problem is is that I accept the signature of a social contract with just a smirk and a wink. So mm. it turns out that I get a lot of signatures. I mean, a lot of people are winking at me too, but uh, um, <laughs> I, I get no winks. What What are you guys doing that you get these winks? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> well, Steve has his own Instagram and stuff, so that's that's where you that's right. He gets the wink. Uh, I I put out on that HLP story on the weekends. Um, but anyway, so back to back to the MinMax podcast here. You you guys have uh, a, a full run through of the Fall of Plague Stone. Griff and I have been playing that with a couple of our good buds um, off the air. I only have one question about that. Did you guys have as difficult of a time with it as we did? I've been having a lot of fun, but holy shit, have we been getting our asses kicked? That's a loaded question. Ted, do you want to go first? I mean, I. I- I feel like Tyler can't answer because he GM'd it, but as a player, hey, me too. <laughs> it was fucking difficult. A lot of those encounters, I didn't think we were getting through. Even as a group, I thought he was going to completely wipe out our, our group. Um, I can't spoil anything, but I'm not going to spoil anything. Is it uh, the boss of the first part? <laughs> yes. You guys too? So yes. Someone may have Fuck. possibly died. Oh, you could join our Discord and, and extrapolate that information real fast. All, yeah. I'll, all I'll say there is I TPK'd without adjusting Whoa. a six-person party Six. with that boss. Holy yeah. shit. I mean, we made it through as a four, but we, we did lose. Don't say it. One Don't person. say it. 
<laughs> we, we 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 lost someone. God. Yeah, uh, that's okay. So okay, so here's from 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 the GM standpoint, and uh, Griffin, I think you might be able to agree with me on this. Fall of Plague Stone has two difficulty levels. The first is the fact that Bowman pulled not a single fucking punch when writing that adventure, <laughs> not a single punch. The second part is straight up sh- system shock, right? Yeah. Oh, like, for sure. And, I, and I'm sure you guys noticed a little bit when we played the other day, and even in your own runs of things, there are two things that just equate to success in second edition, debuffs and buffs, straight up. You have to do those in combat. If you don't, you're going to get steamrolled. And it's it's almost worse for people that came from first edition yes. into it. Because yes. they just play so differently your priorities are so different you cannot stand and bang in second edition it's not how the game works it's not oh, a yeah thing. we we rolled into that encounter. i mean there was some other extraneous shit that happened that really fucked us over um for that encounter that we talked about traps are really bad too traps so traps suck but yeah we i mean i was just looking around the table and you know from a from just like a raw numbers perspective okay maybe griff bumped the encounter up like a little bit but probably not too terribly there's six of us we're gonna be fine i mean pathfinder more or less is built for four people parties we got rolled yeah <laughs> got rolled <laughs> um but it was fun i have to Dude, ask. i like i did like a punitive like oh you're trying to run away a little faster than you <laughs> get clapped yep. <laughs> Hold on, uh, uh, zoom knuckles, cause yeah, buddy, chase those fucking PCs down. <laughs> I'm gonna make it as difficult as possible to bring a new party into this. Oh fuck! Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that particular encounter, and again, no spoilers. Uh, I'll try to keep it just more vague about two two e in general. If you're going to come into it as a previous one edition, first edition player, and this is the the weirdest part about second edition, in my opinion, uh, just from a design standpoint more than anything, the toughest sell that Paizo has of the second edition system is to existing first edition players. Uh, if you're new into second edition, I've found people have a much easier time with it. I haven't heard that opinion before, but I think that makes a lot of sense because your current like one E players are, you know, usually folks who've been playing for a long time. They've they have all of the extra material they've got. They've been they're like immersed in the bloat. You could probably say just Grognard, right? Yeah. 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 That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first edition's where you're, where you're the so used to though. a different yeah, kind of crunch. Absolutely. It's just a different. It's your numbers scale completely differently in two e. Like you're not playing with a plus thirty something bonus. Your dice are starting to get bigger. Whereas in first edition, it's like I could hit shit with a dagger one d four damage all day, yep. and still be effective, and that never scales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I think they, I mean, from a design perspective. There's a couple of things that they did. The simple things that, like you just mentioned, like stabbing something with a dagger. At 10th level, a wizard is not going to jump up to somebody and stab him with a dagger, mm-hmm. right? In first edition, that ain't going to happen. If your wizard is at that position, it's already too late, <laughs> right? You were dead probably three rounds ago. Um but in second edition, if a wizard grabs that dagger and jumps in, he could do it and he wouldn't be half bad at it. 
because he's been watching his fighter friend do it for 10 levels. I mean, that's my justification right. for it, you know, um, because you get a plus one every level. Your That base attack bonus number that you're always so worried about as a martial character doesn't even exist in second edition. Gone. So, yeah, it's just it's weird. It's it's wrapping your head around a different thought process. And don't even get me started on positioning and attack of opportunity. Well, well, well. Hey, that's why you got three actions. Well, actually, actually <laughs> that's a three-hour conversation. Actually, actually, I like that you <laughs> yeah. said, "Don't get me started," because we are veering dangerously close into the listener questions territory. Because people have been asking, "Are we?" Already? Well, yes, we're not getting there, but I just want people to know. Sometimes who, are, who are tuning in, you know, who are listening right now, that um, I put out the little call to arms to the carrying crowd, just like, "Hey, I haven't been maxed on. Like, what what questions you got for them?" Got a ton of really good, crunchy second edition questions because they know you guys are the rules boys. Um, so we're going to get there. And I know that's exciting. Sweet. Um, but, but you know, before we get there, I want to I want to get through a little bit more. I want to I learn more about you guys, what you guys are doing. Um, your guys, I, I would call it your flagship show. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys are all in on Extinction Curse. I mean, yes, I, I would agree that it is our, our flagship. It is a, our first full campaign. Um, Fall of Plague Stone was almost more of a trial for us. Um, so anybody that is interested in listening to us, jump straight to Ex- Extinction Curse. Listen to Fall of Plague Stone in your free time. As far as what Extinction Curse is, I had no idea what it was. It sounded awesome when I was told we were going to be playing it. And then I was told, you're going to be in a circus. And I'm like, sold. I will be in a circus. That's right (laughs) in my alley. (laughs) Done. (laughs) With a name like Extinction Curse and Circus. Yeah. I was sold. I'll let Tyler. So did you guys go traditional circus trope characters? Oh, fuck no. No? No, fuck no. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, what? they're kind of there. So uh, I'll, I'll kind of I'll give everybody a little bit of a lead in on the characters in the show. We've got uh, Moonlight, uh, Shadow. Is it Shadow Dance? Moonlight, Shadow Dance? Moonlight. That's Swanee's character. That's our rules lawyer. Uh, and Moonlight's a leshy. Um, and I, w- I won't go too far into it, but uh, Moonlight's a sorcerer with the aberrant bloodline. And they're is a reason for that and it's fucking cruel uh <laughs> as to how a leshy managed to get apparent blood um if you know anything about leshies at all they're basically constructs that are made um out of you know earth and wood and mostly you know trees and bushes the idea is they're many groups essentially um but a wandering spirit from the world that is immortal will then inhabit that body, but they don't necessarily have memory of their previous lives. So, uh, Moonlight had a very terrible introduction to Galarian and to the world uh, from the circus. That's interesting. You guys should check that out. Um, then there's the uh, drunken acrobat. That might be our tropiest. That's David. Um, he's a cleric of Caden Kalian. He's drunken, obviously. Uh, and I have lots of plans for David, and I'm I'm really excited for them because let's just say that a drunk can't remember everything. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you're telling me elf from yeah, yeah, you're right. An elf from Kionin might have a lot of secrets, right? Then there's Jebediah, 
No, I'm going to Jebediah last. Ted, you go. Because Jebediah is my favorite in the party. I play favorites. Oh, geez. Ted, you're just going to take that? I know, straight up. Yeah. You just took that, man. <laughs> Look at his face. Look. I've been accepting that for five years now. Um, <laughs> hey, I, I, I can't complain. Tyler introduced me to the group and let me in. So, yeah. Um, so, my character for Extinction Curse is Sabatri Sayana. Uh, she is a... A cleric of Callistria um, with the rogue dedication. Um, hmm. She has an interesting backstory, and the backstory actually involves David's character quite a bit. I was also from Kionan. Uh, I was a half-elf, though, so wasn't really allowed to wander Kionan very much. Um, she, she, she used to be a prostitute and runs around with a whip. We'll just go with that. <laughs> well... Calistria. Steve knows about running a cleric of Calistria. That's true. Yeah. 18 levels. Nice. Lots of whipping. Lots nice. of banging. <laughs> <laughs> lots of whipping. Oh, that's great. Um, no, I actually, uh, one of my favorite just moments with, with Ted's character was uh, just the obvious assumptions that a prostitute's going to make about a situation that's hit a standstill. We're like, what do you want for us to move forward? Do we, we're all just going to have sex now? Let's just fucking get it over with and let's move forward, right? Uh, that was that was something that happened. Uh, it was fun. Well, I had a good time. Well, don't spoil it for the listening audience if if that's exactly what happened. I, yeah, don't. I've seen the of your guys' episodes. Uh, every single one, mind you. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to try to pretend that I'm family friendly. Uh, I have a family at home, and when I'm hobbying, I don't want to be family friendly. Family friendly. I mean, I'm playing a prostitute. It's, it's not <laughs> <family> <laughs> <friendly>. truth. <laughs> right, I'll level with you. <laughs> um, our last character is um, Jebediah Hickburn, who is played by Spencer and. Spencer's one of the most interesting additions into our group. And I'm going to have this conversation because I know he's not going to listen to this. Spencer has played Jebediah Hickburn at least three times. And he's one of my favorite dwarves ever. Ever. He's a syrup farmer. Sure, why not? (laughs) He leans into the syrup farmer really hard. He always has an animal companion. And I won't give too much away. Um, but you'll find out if you listen to Spencer play Jebediah, who is always an animal trainer of some kind, either the ranger or was it Hunter was the class, the hybrid class in first edition or Druid. He always has an animal companion and don't fool yourself. That animal companion is the character. The dwarf is the pet. Oh, dear. (laughs) And that's how he plays it. And, and and I will never not love that play in because if you listen, you'll you'll hear him say like his his uh, tiger's name is Turtle has been for like seven years. Right. Real time for us. And uh, if Turtle's not participating in combat, that's because Turtle's like, no, I don't. He's like, no, Turtle doesn't want anything to do with this enemy right now. Not participating because it grosses her out. Right. Or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my I, Jebediah is one of my favorite characters. And we practically begged him to rehash it for Extinction Curse. Do you make Turtle 
spend an action to direct <laughs> Jebediah to attack. <laughs> because if not, can, you should. Can we can do that? that? Hold it's on. Not, it's, not, it's not rules legal. I you know, I didn't, you have that, a, I didn't have a notebook out, but hold on. Let me pull out a notebook real quick. I mean, if we're asking questions here. about this character, um, as a syrup farmer, does he get any product from the Leshy? No, he doesn't. Or at least we haven't approached that conversation yet, because when that conversation does happen, let's just say it's going to be really fucking interesting. Aberrant syrup. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'll I'll show him how to do it, too. (laughs) Oh, boy. Nope. I'm going to show him how to milk milk a leshy. Um, Aside from the characters of Extinction Curse, Extinction Curse uh, so far is, I mean, I don't know, there's only two... Um, APs to pick from from 2nd edition but I'll just take Paizo's past catalog into consideration um, Extinction Curse makes it into my top 3. Wow. Nice. Yeah, yeah it does. I've read through now book 4 and usually I can I can get an idea as to where an AP's going by book 4 and usually you can get a good projection of how book 5 and 6 are going to go when you read up to 4 and I'm telling you guys, this is going to be an amazing fucking adventure. If you have, if you're looking at second edition, you're thinking about picking it up and you're like, do I play age of ashes or do I play extinction curse? Stop it. Play extinction curse. Well, I mean, you want them to play age of ashes and and listen to you guys play an extinction curse, right? Yeah. If you're a player (laughs) at a two E game, you should be playing age of ashes so that you can listen to extinction curse. Shit. Free. Shit, I'm not very good at this part of it yet. <laughs> I just say what I'm thinking. Listeners, stay the hell away from Carrier Crown. <laughs> Get the fuck away from that AP. You got 11 other ones. All limits. One Something else. Oh my god. That's uh, Honestly, man, that's super hype. I'm excited. Um, it's It seemed like a really cool AP. Of course... Five percent of me was worried that you know it was going to be like gimmicky and goofy, but um, I, I've, I've seen a lot of love for it. I'm hearing the passion of your words. I'm excited. That theme just seems so much fun. Like I remember, like us playing Carnival of Tears in first oh, edition, yeah. and it's just like really <laughs> early Carnival that. theme is like <sighs> love it, really fun. <laughs> and you know what it is? I mean, at the end of the day, like a group of people are sitting around a party and pretending to be other people to make a story. Who doesn't want to play a fucking a bunch of fucking carnies? Like we've found that just role playing carnies has been so satisfying. Like for those four, for me it's satisfying to be like, what's a normal person going to respond to this fucking circus folk? And usually it ends up with really awkward RP situations, but I love it. I've enjoyed uh, role playing an entire crew of carnies <laughs> for <laughs> for carrying crowns. So I, I see the appeal for sure. I only want Brooks to play a bearded lady if we ever play it. <laughs> well, I feel like Le- he'll he'll do Leroy again. He follows the same thing. That was like uh. the third time he's played Leroy Shadowbug. Wait, really? And Leroy has a weird farming thing too. He farms glowworms. What? Well, let's yeah. We're get we're we're getting there. So actually, um, this this is perfect. Um, one of the other things that happens on the MinMax podcast feed are these special. Um, weird deep delves, dives, uh, whatever you call it. There are these episodes called All on the Table. 
and I've listened to all of them, and they're all great in a different, weird way. Um, So if I can just kind of list out what I see in your guys' feed right now, you guys have uh, two episodes where you guys play level 15 characters using the playtest characters. So that's the Witch, Swashbuckler, Investigator, and Oracle. You guys have an episode with Southern Tom Foolery on, great friends of ours. Um, you guys have an episode where you guys are playing level eight characters, really diving into the dedication system uh, of Pathfinder. And I really love what you guys are doing here, just kind of showing off different mechanics and, um, and and different aspects of the 2E system, utilizing these like cool, um, like off camera adventures almost. Um, can you guys tell me a little bit more? Like, where did this come from? Actually. I got a listener question for you all that I'm injecting oh, right now. This comes from the GM of the Southern Tom Foolery podcast, Adam. He's saying, I'm sure you'll talk about it all on the table some, but I'd like to ask, how'd you come up with the idea and what are some of the things that surprised you most about it? So how I came up with the idea for all on the table, it started off with um, just me as a GM. I've been forever GM since I was 12 years old. So I've been doing it for decades, right? So one of the things that I am very practiced in is introducing new people to a system because there's one thing, and I I don't know if this is typical of D&D players, I have no idea, but if I go someplace, move to a new city, I start a new school, I have a new job, the very first thing I do is I like raise my hands and I shout and I'm like, I play Dungeons and Dragons. Come play games with me. Right. (laughs) That's, that's what I do. Um, And usually it's like, Oh, that sounds interesting, but I've never done that before. And if you've, you know, if you're a player and you want to play, you're just like, Oh shit. Well, maybe some other time, but as, as the forever GM, I'm just like you, my house Saturday fucking go. Right. So I, I'm very practiced in, in introducing people into new systems. Uh, it started with third edition, then into three five, then into Pathfinder, and now into second edition. Uh, there's a couple of other side games I've played, but my brain's at three X. Like that's where my love started. So with that in mind, I thought it would be really cool to experience second edition in small focused chunks because we decided we were going to be that rules podcast we wanted to be the ones who would be like all right let's deep dive into dedications or if somebody wants to hear what 15th level play sounds like you're sure as shit not going to find that anywhere else right Um, yeah you gotta you gotta listen to a podcast for damn near two or three years before they get there yeah 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 absolutely and uh um Boy, the story of how that episode happened was really, um, I was like, hey guys, you want to do something crazy? And then nobody said anything. And I was like, (laughs) all right, we're doing something crazy now. Make 15th level PCs. Uh, So nobody argued with me. And that was brand new playtest characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's do the playtest characters. Um, So uh, my party learned that day that when Tyler says he has a crazy idea, shoot him down. You don't not respond. I do shoot him down every time now. Within seconds, within seconds, he posts that message. No, no, Tyler, we do not want to do anything crazy. (laughs) Go fuck yourself, Tyler. Oh, that's something I hear very frequently, and I'm okay with that. That's a theme we'll get into later, actually. Really? Okay. All right. All right. I feel like that's a Steve question. All right. All right. 
He likes to inject questions that are just for him in here. Sweet. This is his baby. Hey, uh, Steve, I gotta say, I'm having a great time so far. Maybe that has to do with the three shots of Jameson I took before we started, but, you know, well, you could just be a really good guy. I'll tell you what, buddy. Um, I had a couple shots of Malort before we kicked this off, so. Yeah. No, so. Gross. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right, so we've we've introduced this all on the on the on the table stuff, um, and 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 actually, this is where I want to inject a little bit of Griffin in myself here, because Griffin hasn't talked in a while. We want we want, we want to hear his voice a little oh, bit more. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so we were approached, and this is actually how we met you guys. We were approached by a um, a friend of the show. Um, our buddy who usually goes by the username Bipolar Pop Tart on our Discord. But he reached out to us and said, Hey, um, would you guys want to play like a level five 2E game sometime? You know, just a one shot or whatever. I'm like, Yeah, sure, fine. Um, I said yes. Griffin said yes. Brooke said yes. And um, we got, so we got introduced to you folks and you hosted us as well as Bipolar Pop Tart himself. And a couple of the boys from the Dice Crisis show, big shout out Dice Crisis, big uh, come up. They're they're so cool. Um, but we all got together and recorded a little session um, that you know is going to be dropping as one of these all on the table episodes. And boys, boys, did I have a riot! Boys. <laughs> 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 Nightmares. I had nightmares in your voice. <laughs> nightmares, boys. <laughs> you want to give it to us with his voice? Uh, sure. So um, I just wanted to quickly introduce the characters that Griffin and I brought to the table. Um, you know, that you can go over to the MinMax podcast feed when it drops and listen to the episode. Um, I played a cleric of Elseta which is, I believe, a new goddess in second edition. She was in first edition. I just missed it. Gods um, of magic. But she is the goddess of doors, thresholds, and change. And I just really like the concept of a goddess of doors. So I built a cleric around her, and I built a seven-year-old halfling boy named Kanan. Um, and he had... He's got a he's got a voice like this, boys, boys. I'll reach out and heal you, boys. Oh God. Um, and I, I Ted's crying. You're making Ted cry. You're gonna throw me into another fit, Steve. Holy shit! <laughs> I, I remember my initial reaction to to like he sent me the picture for the token, and I'm like, cool. Steve's Steve's a fu- Steve's a clown. That's all right. I play with clowns all the time. I threw it up there, and I'm like, wait, you're 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 actually playing a seven year old. Oh, I didn't realize I was dealing with child endangerment this evening. Uh, <laughs> my, I believe my exact words were, um, my sheet in Hero Lab says that I'm not allowed to play someone <laughs> below twenty years old. Um, but if you're not gonna let me, I'm gonna walk. <laughs> I'm out. That is exactly what you said. <laughs> I got this seven-year-old boy concept that I want to roll out. Somehow a seven-year-old boy reaches <laughs> level five. Oh, shit. Uh, and I, yeah. and it, it was a blast. Um, in fact, we played for just far too long. So long that we had to roll it into a second, and now it's going to be a third session. Yeah. Um, 
which I've just been having a riot with. Griff, how about you go ahead and introduce your character a little bit, too? So, I want to give some context to why uh, Alceta was a good god for you to pick, because this was a okay. this was a heist, right? We were we were told Open going all in the doors. Boys. This was a heist, so you worship the god of doors because we were gonna have to go through some. Yeah. Um, and with that in mind, I played a kind of charlatan rogue with the um, sorcerer dedication named Griswold the Gray area. Um, and he was kind of the party face, highest charisma, uh, did a lot of the talking when we got into the bank. Um, but he was a lot of fun to play. I, I went heavy into the roguish stuff and tried to get the sneak attack to my spells as early as possible. So, you know, then I I won't give spoilers, but like, then it was like, oh fuck, well I shouldn't have taken spell casting at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which isn't a knock on second edition dedication spellcasting. Cantrips are still a, a bitchin' thing. Oh, um, yeah, they're bitchin'. It's just the enemies. It's just, yeah, it was I was the enemies, enemies that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I, uh, I mean, aside from the, like, I love playing with new people. And um, this whole COVID thing really fucked my house up right and when bp that's what we call bipolar top pop tart at least that's what i call him um when bp came to me and he was he was like hey i want to play an episode at all on the table I- i've got listeners that are in queue uh to play in uh, but he was the an odd number i had a party in front of him and he was by himself. And I was like, I don't have anybody to fill right now, right? But if you could find some people that you want to play with and bring them to me, I'm totally cool with running a game for you guys, right? And he was like, all right, cool. HLP's really interested, and the Dice Crisis is really interested. How about next Saturday? And I was like, <laughs> uh... Yeah, that sounds like him. Yeah, okay, cool. We can do that. Sure. Um, no, BP's a great guy. Um, he, uh... I, he would absolutely um, number one shit poster all subreddit all all, all discords yeah he, I think he's in just about all of the podcast discords fucking number one shit poster <laughs> all across the discord verse um, but uh, yeah when he brought everybody to me I had already met Allard and uh, not a lot of his players Allard and Eli and I uh, had hung out and we're, we're all from Minnesota I should say that we're all from Minnesota so Allard and Eli and I went and got ramen got really drunk and then played boss monster till three in the morning one night and then we're just <laughs> like oh we're all friends now cool good let's do this um, but when he said that he got all you guys in on it I was like okay I, I always have like a, a library of like 10 to 15 all on the table plans in the back um none of them fully come to fruition until game night but that's a secret so don't air that no you oh, can sorry air you said it it's out there. Fuck out there i can't lie in recording um but yeah yeah um i have i had a lot so i was really happy because it, it pulled me out of uh i wasn't doing any extracurricular gaming funk during the covid thing and i got to meet you guys and that's that's awesome i've been having just a fucking blast playing with you all um oh yeah yeah i mean just some of the some of the interactions in this 
are just absolute solid gold. Kudos for actually pushing the story yeah. forward because uh, <laughs> you you literally got probably five of the drunkest dudes together, like the drunkest dudes in tabletop together in a room, and you're like, "Well, you plan a heist now." <laughs> yep. Bad choice. You know, but... Bad uh, choice. It was good. We, I, I, it's been so much fun. It was... I felt like... Uh, um, I say this all the time off camera on our on our podcast, but uh, that was good radio. That's what that was. Yeah, that's just some good old-fashioned radio Fucking right there. good radio. And speaking of someone else you'd hear on there, Ted was our rules lawyer for that session. Yeah, so. Swanee wasn't available, so Tyler went to his backup. Um, I missed watching anime that Saturday. Yeah, but you did leave such vital rules advice as the definition of a golden shower. It was necessary. So I could not find that more in the core rulebook. I really had to dive into the internet to find that definition. Uh, it oh, wasn't. Yeah, like, it wasn't in the core rulebook or in any splat books. Like. You know, I'm surprised you guys didn't already code it into Fantasy Grounds. Tyler's working on it. <laughs> golden Shower. What I was surprised by that was that the Golden Shower had somatic and verbal components. You know, in order to make you it successful. You wouldn't have thought the verbal. I mean, you, you, know, you wouldn't have thought. You have to, you know, uh, project your intentions vocally while you're I think it's great, showering. though, yeah, yeah. that it's only two actions because you can... You yeah. can demoralize first and then. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know just enough about 2E to be dangerous, boys. Yeah. <laughs> demoralize first. Give him that frightened condition Jesus first. God. <laughs> that's what the, that's what they, uh, you take intimidating glare for that, in, the, for that instance. Well, yeah. Then you can then you can golden shower things that aren't your species, because you you don't even have to share a language. I might need to call it there. I don't think we're gonna top this. It's been a great episode, guys. Right, see you guys later. We're not topping this. See, I was I had this moment of like I had a meter in my head that was this is where Steve was at, and that was a good kunk a couple of levels down. Yep. We got farther yeah, than we go though. Well, no, because he said that was as bad as we were going to get. And then, you know, his meter was all the way wrong. Oh, yeah. see, I thought that would, this was the, the depths of the depravity that we're starting with. And this is the depths of the depravity we're going to go into. That's certainly a more correct interpretation of point. it. <laughs> I think that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. You just said it backwards. Um, it's fine. Let's get the train back on the rails. Um, and by doing so, we're going to take a stop at Quarantine Station. Um, so the last couple uh, of these Zones of Truth, Griffin and I have kind of just been talking about some of the stuff we've been doing. Both of us have been stuck at home. I'm not sure what your guys' situations have been, um, but we haven't been able to really get out of the house all that much. We've been uh, we've been playing a bunch of games, watching shows and and, uh, and movies. We've been drinking a lot. And we just kind of want to share some of our like cool suggestions from the last couple weeks with our listeners. So if they're looking for something new, if they're you know bored out of their skull just like we are, maybe they can try something that we like. How does that sound with you guys? Down. Cool. I'm going to go ahead and just work counterclockwise on my Zoom chat. 
Um, immediately, that's Griff. So, Griff, what have you been into the last couple weeks? So, last couple weeks from last time, uh, I will say you mentioned like drinking a lot. If you're stuck at home like me, a great morning beverage that I, I would recommend to everybody. Uh, you know I've been drinking Churchill's, but I've also been dabbling into the much easier to make uh, screwball, which is the peanut butter whiskey that uh, I think mm-hmm. is possibly Jameson distillery adjacent. Uh, that and black coffee. Wonderful. is kind of just like a peanut buttery coffee. So good. So drink those in the morning. Uh, if you're not working <laughs> like me. Um, so some of the stuff that I've been getting into on Switch, I've been playing Dragon Quest Eleven, really enjoying it. I know uh, just from our all in the table stuff that Tyler's a Dragon Quest fan. So uh, huge, huge mad props. Fan. Love that series. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then something that I thought you would be proud of, Steve, is mm-hmm. that... I just finished not half an hour before we started recording Clone Wars. All of Dude, it. Dude, wh- what did you think of those final four episodes? It was intense. Dude, some of, the, some of the ways, incredible. some of the violence in the last two was actually surprising. That the, I mean, I know the show's kind of aged up with its mm-hmm. audience, but some of that stuff, like there was decapitation and and like limbs getting chopped off and usually that show is very much like a oh somebody died in an explosion and disappeared yep. or like got shot with a laser which is the least gory way to die in Star Wars uh, nope. so but but in, but in this arc you're getting Maul pulling someone through a closing door that was like horrifying and then when he's just <laughs> like he's so cheekily wearing that dude's fucking arm armor after that, yep. and, and and listening to the listening to the uh, clone troopers' uh, transmissions, it was insane. Um, yeah, really liked I, it. I, I I started watching Clone Wars uh, when I would get really hungover in college, and those first you're right, those first couple seasons, you know, it ages up. So it's like, okay, I'm just gonna put this on and like read a book and look up when there's a cool lightsaber fight. But then it really does start to mature and. The climax of that takes place over the span of the Revenge of the Sith movie, and it gets really dark and intense. And like, I I really loved it. Um, I I don't know if you knew this, Griff, but the um, the the actor that played Darth Maul in Episode One did all of the motion capture for the lightsaber fights against really? Ahsoka. No, yeah, that's and sick. so there's. Uh, there's some really cool behind-the-scenes shots um, where they uh, online that you can look up. Where so it's like Ray Park, um, uh, you know, facing off with this other actress that's also doing motion capture next to the scene playing out fully rendered. Um, it's way cool, way way cool. That's pretty epic. Yeah, yeah, that and gave then, me a whole new appreciation for Maul. That series. Yeah, yeah. it was it was great. But yeah, that's what I'm, I've been up I'm to proud. since the last time. Um, I need to get back into Food Wars again. It's just uh, Haley and I started listening to it dubbed, so now like we're kind of waiting for more dubbed because that's just mm-hmm. how we like to watch it. If it, if I started it by myself, I'd watch it subbed. But here we are. I understand. I understand. 
Um, we're going to keep going around this little counterclockwise circle on my screen here. And the next person is Ted. So, Ted, what's your life been like, man? What you been doing? I feel bad because uh, my life really hasn't changed much. Um, <laughs> I, I had a three-minute commute to work. My, my, okay. my three-minute commute to work has turned into a five-second commute from my bed to my computer chair. <laughs> nice. Um, I get done with work. I uh, play some League of Legends. Nobody plays that anymore. I still do. Mm-hmm. As far as watching anything, um, I, start, I did start a new anime. I was randomly searching on the, on the internet, and I found one that two seasons had come out a few years ago, and a third season just got just started. Um, it's called Kingdom. It's actually a historical anime huh. uh, about okay. China. And uh, the first two seasons, they're, they're a little over 30 episodes apiece. Um animation isn't fantastic but again it was i want to say it was like five six years ago it came out might have even been longer uh and then the third season just released a few episodes that the animation's fantastic the story's really building up i, I really i'm hoping for some big things and, and this is like ancient china or something like correct that? yeah i want to ask a clarifying question is this like romance of the five kingdoms sort of shit like is that classic Five Kingdoms Chinese tale? I don't know what that what, what's in that tale. Uh, it, it it's it, it's it's basically like like early Chinese like dynasty history, broken down into how the different kingdoms of China feuded, and there's tons of Five Kingdoms yeah, stories. Yeah, there's there's seven kingdoms, and they're they're fighting, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so much of history in like ancient China that was those kingdoms or offshoot to those kingdoms fighting yeah it's one of those sweet i'm enjoying it that's that's cool as hell man that sounds awesome i watch a lot of anime i i I can't think of names of all the other anime i watch most of them are like 10 episodes long i'm sorry (laughs) hey man that's totally cool who knows you know at 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 ted if you're looking for some good anime yeah hop in hop into the min max uh discord and uh i'll give some anime suggestions i'll make a channel that's anime. Fuck yeah. That's a good idea, give actually. give you top ten of all yeah. the anime things. Yes. All things. All gonna, things anime. Is that going to happen? Can Can you ask that question? I've been waiting for it all night. I, I, maybe, I, maybe I can't know. answer it. Can't <laughs> you can't? I have put time. I built a graph. No, I didn't, I didn't build a graph, <laughs> but I was about to. About to I was about to build graphs and charts. I couldn't do it. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. The listeners at home might be a little confused right now. Um in the zone of truth questions channel on our discord um a listener asked for ted to rate the top five or ten anime titties we will not be doing that today (laughs) i I didn't have enough time to prepare we were told like because you know we came to these guys 48 hours ahead of recording date and said oh you guys want to do this here's an agenda that's not enough time. Not nearly enough you gotta, time. Yeah, you got to understand, 48 hours is not enough time. Weeks, graphs, and charts, <laughs> and research. <laughs> so much So I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't say that we'll never answer that question. Um, I, I would probably give Ted some time, and then these guys back on in the future, we can really dive into it. Hell, maybe that's the full 90 minutes. I don't know. Um, but I just don't think it would be, it would be, honestly, if we did it now, it would be a disservice to the listeners. Yeah. 
It's probably a good tie-in when they get a little further into the Extinction Curse. It's probably it probably oh. ties into the later books. That's well. Now it's going to <laughs> <laughs> stop giving Tyler ideas. Yeah, you, you don't want to do that. Book out. I can't. I can't stop now. Seriously, you don't want to give he's me been ideas. Scribbling for a long time, and I want to know what he's writing about. Tyler, what you been into lately, buddy? Um. So my COVID story is less about free time and more about I don't have enough hours okay. in the day. Um, personally, I work for a technology company, which is the, you know, quote essential uh, because we support a lot of government uh, offices and buildings, etc. with what we do. Um, although I do a good chunk of my work at home, I still go into the office two or mm-hmm. three times a week. Um it's awkward. It's weird. It's still happening, but here we are. Um, and then I have a child uh, who is nine, which is like the worst possible age for remote <laughs> learning. Like he's he's not quite a hundred percent fluent in reading. Like he's close, right? Um, and they're expecting a full day's you know out of schoolwork, and I'm like, yeah, I got a job. My wife's got a job. You, this is her desk, right? Right behind me. Uh, sorry, visual humor. Uh, explanation anyways um so we just time is hard um with that being said i always make time for media right now i'm watching lock and key on netflix Ooh, i'm i'm close to done with that one i'm close are you yeah i think i think i am maybe seventh episode where my wife and i are at right now Mm -hmm. um I don't necessarily want to spoil a lot, but um, when a main character literally, not not figuratively, literally killed an emotion and buried it in the woods, yep. I was like, all right, you got me. Yep. <laughs> you got me. The, the show, um, it, for, for me, it struggles a little bit with like, there's a lot of teen drama, but what I will say it is offset by some really cool shit. I'm telling you, Bodhi is the star in that fucking show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Easy. The, teena- easy. the teenage easy. drama bullshit. That's all yeah. side story. Bodhi's the main character. Yeah. Can I just say, you guys have my interest peaked here. You, you said killed an emotion and buried it in the woods. Correct. Mm-hmm. And you said teen drama. Correct. Done. Uh, is that also the one where they're sticking keys in their necks and yes. shit? Yeah. Keys in places uh, they should Haley's be going? Haley's been watching that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Haley's definitely been watching that while while I've been up here doing recording and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that yeah. scene. Like, <laughs> it's Dude, it's a good it's a good show. Um, for me, it does really well-balance family drama and just, like, magical fucking wonder. And I... I'm a fantasy nut because I love magical wonder. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Steve, I can tell you're a huge Star Wars nut. How could you tell that? Right. The fact that you knew Darth Maul's actor's name, just like off the top of your your head. <laughs> right? You didn't even think about it. It just came out. Right. Um, up. Yeah. Uh, now, Star Wars is my sci-fi exception. Oh, boy, I'm going to lose a bunch of people here. I love Southern tomfoolery and what they're doing with Age of the or uh, um, the Aeon Throne. Mm-hmm. I'm listening yep. to that right now. Sci-fi is not my dig. I don't get in sci-fi. I want my fantasy. I want my magic, and I want my monstrous humanoids. 
I've said a lot of times I'm similar. I don't get into sci-fi that much unless it's horror. I like horror, horror sci-fi, sci-fi is the exception because it's more yeah. horror than sci-fi. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like put me in front of some dead space. I fucks with some dead space Ooh. because it's more horror than it is sci-fi. But you, you start to lose like Steve knows I'm not a huge star Wars fan. I've seen them all. Like I just got caught up on clone wars, obviously, but like, did that more because it was an add on May the 4th. And I was like, oh, I remember watching through season five, like three years ago, maybe I'll give it another shot. So I, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Fantasy is more my jam or modern. Like I like modern. Modern's Again, okay. I think yeah. like even, even in my role playing, I like modern or I like fantasy. And I think like kids on bikes is a, is a system. I really like that. Like scratches that, 80s itch i've i've actually uh um i think it's maybe jared from max pew had mentioned kids on bikes to me in a discord chat that we were having it sounds like a really fun system that sounds like the perfect like tag along game with uh like stranger things and that whole like yep. fad yep. vibe that happened a few years ago i i yep it's stand by me the game I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah i don't i don't want to like really steal Griffin's thunder here but when we were doing a drive last year from Columbus to uh to Philly for this brew fest that we go to um it was Griffin myself Haley and our buddy Chris in a car together and I was driving I had somebody roll for me but Griff ran us through just like a totally ad hoc kids on bike scenario for like five hours in the car and it was fucking yeah. great yeah that's yeah, awesome. we saw a cruise ship yep. that turned into a mech that fought Cthulhu. You could do it at any age. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking great. That sounds awesome. Check out Kids on Bikes. It's really cool. And and it just it's it's not too terribly difficult to pick up. Pretty easy. Shit, I mean like you can read stuff. through the rule yeah. book in in an hour. It's like 40 pages long. I was going to say I've seen that rule book and it's like I've I've actually like looked at it at my local game store and I'm like is that a a game or is that just a comic and I'm here for Pathfinder stuff and then I'll move on but uh, yeah it's like a it's tiny it's like a comic book it's size yeah yeah it's like you know normal book sized and maybe 50 pages long and 10 of those are just like user submitted scenarios that you can kind of build a story off of so it's not like huh yeah it's really cool it's, it's dope as hell you guys should totally check it out as for myself um, last couple weeks, I've been gaming on that Wolfenstein, the new Colossus with that Xbox Live Game Pass, still waiting for Microsoft to sponsor us. Um, but that's <laughs> that's been a blast. And I, um, I was really hung over this past Sunday and a long time ago had watched through Breaking Bad and really loved it and had been uh, over and over been told that Ozark is the new Breaking Bad and you've got to watch it. So I started that this um, this Sunday and watched. I mean, just before we started, uh, before my work call, I watched an episode. I'm halfway through season two in like five days. That does not happen for me. I don't binge TV like that. It's really fucking good. I love it. It's kind of impressive, actually. I was really hungover on Sunday. I could watch a lot of it. I wonder why <laughs> you were hungover on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was that all on the table, wasn't it? Uh, uh, it was. It was that conservatively nine hours of drinking we did. Yeah, seriously. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, wow. Yeah, when when we sat down to record at four, and 
Brooks and I are like, yeah, we'll probably eat around like eight or nine. And then we got done at like 11. <laughs> Holy hell. Um, <laughs> I always feel bad for my new guests on All on the Table. Uh, I think I expressed this a little bit to you, Steve, when you were pouring your heart out to me originally on Saturday night. <laughs> I was probably drunk. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> um, but uh, there's there's a lot of preamble to All on the Table. Um, and it's all in good intention into making the gameplay smooth. But sometimes, like, learning Fantasy Grounds, even crash coursing people on it, we're talking an hour, hour and a half, two hours sometimes. Um, so there's a good chunk of crash course. I feel like you need to disclose to the people that you invite to all on the table how long the session is actually going to be. I feel <laughs> yeah. like you tell everybody, we're going to start at, like, three, start at four. It's only going to be, like, three or four hours long. No, it's seven hours <laughs> later, eight hours later. That's because I'm a lying asshole. And I'm just trying to bait you into doing what I want people, you to do. People have lives, Tyler. Ty- Tyler, <laughs> I, I was drowning <laughs> under a sea of empty cans. Oh, I and ju- that's I, mostly uh, my fault, but I just want you to know. <laughs> yeah, I brought up like another box of seltzers, drank half this bottle of Larceny. Was not expected to just churn through this stuff up here, but... I get me up here. Don't feed me dinner till midnight. Oh, fuck, dude. It's like a gremlin, but reverse. If you don't feed me before midnight, I'm going to be drunk as fuck. <laughs> I had to stay funny. sober for seven hours. I had to keep I, track of rules. <laughs> like I, I, I had to keep track of rules for char- for enemies that you didn't even send me character sheets for. That was my bad. <laughs> Press F in the chat. You're sending, me the, wrong, you're sending me the wrong stat block for an enemy. I'm sitting here just confused. Like, they shouldn't be hitting this. What is this? What is this attack you're doing? This is on the stat block. Yeah, no, no, full disclosure, um, I was like, that was the second night of our two-night on the table, and on the second night, at the end of the first night, it was like, an enemy that I put them up against when I was building the encounter, I generally don't prep when I'm drunk, but I did this time, (laughs) so I put an enemy out there, and I was like, yeah, this will be fine, there's six of them, right, whatever, no big deal, um, I got we got like maybe two or three turns into that combat before I was like, all right, it's it's late. Let's quit. Let's cut it. Right. Um, And then the next day I was like, shit, I got to change things. I have to. I'm going to kill them all. And then they're never going to want to play games with me again. Um, (laughs) TPK. TPK. (laughs) Welcome. Uh, Hey, uh, Griffin and I talked. uh, Actually, we, we don't need you on Zone of Truth. It's fine. (laughs) <laughs> okay, cool. Hey, it was nice hanging out with you guys for an after, hour. You killed after, our characters after uh, after you kill our characters. You know, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take take that invitation back. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I uh, I'd still uh, be invited, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, obviously. Okay. We just talk yeah. about anime titties the whole time. Done. Done. <laughs> You're right, and 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 somebody has to say it at some point tonight. Fuck me, obviously. I did say it. Well, well, we're okay. Oh, sorry. I yelled, it right over my head. I yelled it into my mic. Oh, sorry, did you? Sorry for the editing. I yelled <laughs> it into my mic. That's going to be bad. BP's usually pretty good about this. He likes to change his name because Steve will say it, uh, but he changed it too late, and Steve had already put the agenda together because I think he's like bipolar fuck you Tyler in our discord now. I saw that. Okay, yep. so I've been really busy for the last like 24 hours and I just joined your guys' discord and usually what I do is I get an idea of what everybody's you know, what each channel is about and like yep. alright, I can mute this, I can mute this whatever. Um, 
but I got off of work today. I hadn't had a chance to really do that. I'm going through like, no shit, guys, like fucking 30 notification bars on your Discord channel for a day. Um, and I was like, okay, wait, that looks like BP's name. It says, it says like, buy Tyler fucktart, I think is what it says. <laughs> it says, buy Tyler fucktart. And, uh, I was I, I was trying to figure out. I was scrolling through histories. I'm like, when did he change this? Is there a story? Why he changed it today it and messaged me, making sure that it would be updated in time for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's just like uh, like Bear, one of our buddies on the Discord, will will change his name to Steve is handsome and funny, so that Steve will read it on the show. <laughs> it's a pretty easy way to get your question on the zone of truth. It's just to uh, yeah, just change your name to story. something Steve related. Yep, flattering. I love Bear. He, we had him on one for all uh, on an all on the table that we haven't put up yet. Um, boy, can that man RP? Dude's great. That's oh, yeah. tons of fun. Um, I, I, I don't want to give anything away. Cut there. There'll be an episode soon where I've got like one of each podcaster and the podcast Jesus on for an all on th- all in the table. Um, and Bear was one of my players, and it was it was great. I love Bear. All of them. They all did a great job. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. You, you know what, guys? We had a lot to cover tonight, but we still do have some listener questions. Are you cool with jumping into that? I, at this point, I'll go until when, whenever. All right. So I think it's about time uh, to dive into a little bit of the listener questions. This one, this first guy comes from a listener who's pretty much brand new on our Discord and maybe topping the charts at best Discord handle yet. HP Love Shaft. Um, he's, he's asking you guys. What's the overall opinion on the Pathfinder 2E system as as compared to uh, Pathfinder 1E? Side question, how does the group handle the degeneracy of David not actually living in Minnesota? Let's answer the first one first. So, oh, okay. What are you guys thinking? You know, uh, 2E compared to 1E. Um, I think we touched on it a little bit, but just, you know, your formal thoughts. Well, I I think there's two vastly different opinions here, only strictly because Ted Ted's first game was first edition and his second game was second edition. And as far as I know, Ted, you've never played any other tabletop. I played some Starfinder, but I've never played any That's other right. tabletop. So basically, right. stri- just Paizo stuff. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, like your opinion on it is strictly Paizo based. So I'm I've never heard your thoughts on this. I'm curious. Oh, you actually want me to talk? Okay. That's It's new so to me. Funny. It's new to me after five years. Tyler wants me to say something. I talked um, too much. I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, I feel like it's a different game altogether, even though it's, it's second edition of Pathfinder. Um, I mean, first edition, when I started, there's already so much content, so many splat books, so many um, classes, something like archetypes there's so much to it that when i started i had to just digest all this information and try to pick what i really wanted to do and it kind of made it so i couldn't learn all these other options jumping into second edition where they kept it core i mean they kept it really basic at the beginning Um, obviously they're introducing new uh, new content new classes gods and magic um, all sorts of new and new stuff just like they did with the first edition um 
I, I really do have high hopes for where they're going with it and that they are bringing back a lot of that great first edition stuff. Um, but it is a lot more newbie friendly, new, new players, um, second edition. You're not just overloaded with information as I was when I joined in first edition. I mean, that's my take on it, and I, I'm loving it. Um, obviously, I wish there were more right off the bat, but yeah, I think they did it right, keeping it simple. If they want new players to come in, it's a great addition. Um, they simplified a lot of the rules and a lot of the mechanics. Um, I think it's a great system. For sure. And uh, my take on it is different. Not because, well, before I even go forward, I, I have to just real quick uh, give Ted a quick rub under the table because oh, I've introduced. That's fucking yeah, dirty, man. That's what, what I'm doing right now. Like, I, know I know I'm a bottle of wine down, but I don't know if I'm there yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, start drinking more, buddy. No, I, uh, um, I've, I've introduced a lot of people into the system. And one of the primary reasons when... When we decided to start the MinMax podcast, we had a core of six, roughly, players. Um, and we found ourselves in this per- perfect opportunity because two of them dropped out. And we're like, we've never done the podcast thing because we thought six was too many, right? And we even, we even started a Twitter account in 2015, MinMax, same same icon logo we've used for fucking forever at this point, but we only actually started putting out content like this last August. But anyways, I digress. Ted so thoroughly devoured first edition that I found he was breaking mechanics. It took me months, if not years to break within the first week of learning the system. I do have to say... I was spending nights in my bed, like two, three hours laying in my bed on my phone going through uh, the wonderful application that was out there for Android devices, which was, uh, what is it, Masterwork Tools? Masterwork Tools, yep, yep. Yeah, I, I sat in my, or I laid in my bed for a couple hours a night going through rules on that. And, and it was it was too much. It's a lot. It's a lot <laughs> it was to digest. A problem? It was a problem? <laughs> Um, no, and, and the way Ted and I became friends was I, I like I we would talk about RPGs, um, and I I loved hearing how he would break video games, and it's just fun, right? So I knew I needed to loop him in. But anyways, when it comes to my experience, I learned third edition was my first, so it, that's even probably too generous. When I had the core third edition book, I was twelve. And we rolled our first characters using D20s in each of the stats. Right? Like, that's how little we understood what was actually fucking happening. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, I hope you were pretty fucking lucky. (laughs) Dude. uh, So we really actually, like, broke our teeth truly to a system on 3.5. And when 4th edition was released, the D&D 4th edition, I looked at it, I ran a few games, and... When I get a system, when I have time to, not 24 hours, when I have time to, I make three different characters of each class. So I want to see how varied I can make each class so that I can understand how PCs can come at me. I made, I did that with 4th edition, and I, I struggled really fucking hard to make three variants of any one class. 
So when Paizo came out and said, hey, we're going to take that OGL license for 3.5 and we're going to make our own game and we're going to make it basically what it was, but refined. I was like at that point in my life, I was singing their praises. I'm like, fuck yeah, Paizo forever. I'll always play Paizo games now because they saved my tabletop game. And first edition was my baby for a decade then after that. Uh, when they started, like after a decade of playing first edition, you can definitely see the flaws, right? So I was looking forward to how they were going to make second edition work. And the reason I think second edition is the better game, and this might be, you know, controversial, but I think second edition is the better game because it's more modular. The actual chassis of the second edition rules that are in the core make it extremely easy to plug in the splat content that you know Paizo is going to push out every month. And it's just, you could plug and play. It's so modular. You could just drop a, you know, you have a new idea for a class, but it's not that complicated. It's an archetype now. Boom, you're done. You could make, even from the core of first edition compared to the core of second edition, somewhere around the number of like 200,000 more builds from second edition using the core rules over first edition's core rule book. And just simply by adding in backgrounds into character creation, that one thing increases the number of different variable builds that you can bring right out of the gate to something of like millions of different builds just out of the core book. It's insane. Um, obviously, they're not entirely unique. They're going to have some variation between their classes, but that just means that that chassis can last for years and years and years. And if there's one thing that Paizo has over Wizards every day of the week is content release. Oh, yeah. Yeah, agree. Five E's at the spot, two E's at in terms of class variability, and that's yeah. without bringing in dedications and anything like that. It's like I think five E right now is at like four or five different paths per class, and that's and, it, to to somebody who's who's grown up in first edition Pathfinder three point five D and D. That's not enough if you care about the rules. Right. I think the one thing I, I miss, and I, I'm obviously just dipping my toes into second edition running Plague Stone, but I like the way they've done dedications and archetypes. I hate them in Starfinder because they apply to everybody. And I think that, you know, at least in 2E, they've brought in re- actual requirements to take a dedication and to have to stick with a dedication for a bit and you can take multiple but I'm always going to miss the hey here's an archetype from 10 years of books that completely changes the way you play this class like Truth. Steve playing a living, living grimoire inquisitor that's completely different than a regular inquisitor or like any of the hey this is a sorcerer that keys off a wisdom now and like does all of this stuff like that that all is stuff that i'll i'll miss from first edition in 
second edition that doesn't necessarily feel like the direction they want to take it. Without a doubt, man. And if there's one thing that that I will like my heart lives in first edition, like I said, I still think second edition's the better game. Um when you bring it down to the numbers and the actual mechanics. But um you're right. If you wanted to make Batman, for example, which is like make any archetypical character. Like, if you want to make something, everybody's got something in their brains, but I guarantee you 60% of the answers are Batman, right? <laughs> um, and there's so many different, like, ways that you could do that in first edition that, I, I don't know. I you don't know even made, say it. You made Captain America once. Daniel. I did make Captain America once, yeah. The shield. <laughs> yeah, uh, the ricochet. Yep, dude, that guy was build. so much fucking fun. That's yeah. so cool. I mean, the shield champion archetype for the brawler should have just been named Captain America. Straight up. <laughs> Very true. Copyright. Yeah, copyright, yeah, obviously. Um, no, and and of course, you know, leave it to Paizo to take an already extremely, like, in-depth and, you know, multitude of options systems and be like, hey, let's start making hybrid classes. Here you go. Yep. <laughs> and I'll and give those archetypes. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> because fuck it, we're already mixing sorcerer and barbarian. Exactly. Why can we give that eight archetypes. Oh, who the fuck doesn't want to play a scald? Seriously, <laughs> it's so broken on its own. Scald. A, a healing scald is stupid. I mean, I'm, I'm, that I mean, maybe breaks they the healing just economy. Captain Andoran. But uh, how about you guys answer the second half of this question? <laughs> um, how do oh, you yeah. handle the degeneracy of David not living in Minnesota? Uh, 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 I have strong feelings, Ted. So hold me back. All right. So this will be a Ted question. Are are, are you are you? Uh, I'm a, uh, We're gonna call the questions when you say that, Tyler. We're just gonna call the uh, Ted talk. Ted talk. Ted talk. <laughs> We're gonna have Ted talk. I passed the okay. Are you disappointed in too much? I'm disappointed that someone just said TED Talks. I mean, I get that shit so much. <laughs> as soon as I tell someone... You can't be on a podcast and name TED and expect to not get that, I, dude. I was going to say, as soon as I tell someone I have a podcast, they, they say, is it called TED Talks? Fuck you. <laughs> um, no, because I can't legally do that. <laughs> thanks far, for pandering to me. As far as the degeneracy of David, um, he had a good reason to leave Minnesota. I, I, can't, I can't blame him weather um well i mean that that in itself is a good reason but he had personal reasons to leave Um, quick tangent uh it's may 7th correct everybody confirm for me it's may 7th i just pulled in my potted garden because i have a freeze warning tonight minnesota damn thumbs up yeah man like I, I, I just I, want you guys to know, I know you can't hear it, but when he said, I have a freeze warning tonight, the music took a really dramatic dip. <laughs> <laughs> and it was perfect. Okay, it was like, um, yeah, no, Minnesota is one of the most bipolar uh, weather states in the world. I swear, like this chunk of land, we get colder than the Antarctic frequently. Uh, people in Atlanta in, in Alaska have more temperate, like consistent weather than Minnesota does because we're at the very tail end of the polar vortex. Yeah, we get and fucked. That fucks us up all the time. Yeah. Anyway, it, it is cheap to live here, though. So yeah, it is. Well, I was gonna say, you know, it's bad when like your cities have like 
fucking underground and overground tunnels to go building to building because people can't go outside. See, and I'm a lifelong Minnesota guy. When I found out that that wasn't the thing everywhere, I was like, oh, okay. How the fuck do you go to the next building? Dude, I'm a smoker. I, like, I, I go stand outside when it's 30, 40 below windshield and I'll smoke yeah. a cigarette. Like, I'm one of those fucking weirdos. Like, same. Frosty. I, I was born here. I have no issue with it. Like, my beard's frozen, but from going out for like one, like 30 seconds or one minute, oh well, I'm used to it. You know what? We breed a different type of people here. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we I'm got beefy. Brooks. We, we were know. actually trying to type with these guys earlier, and it's just like, you know, unfortunate. The Minnesota lifers, none of them have fingers. Because, <laughs> like, it's just, it's so brutal. There. I have seven toes. Yeah. Frostbite. I mean, yeah, <laughs> not really. Um, um, prove it. Back to, the, back to the actual question of David's degeneracy, though. Really, I, I have no issue with it. We get along fine with our audio and video recording online. Um, he brags to us about the weather all the time, like a dick. Um, <laughs> he has issues with the time zone change. I'll say that 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 causes us problems sometimes. He doesn't realize really, he's an hour like, ahead of us. It's like one fucking hour, man. It's <laughs> a lot for David. David's a very particular creature, um, and I love that dude to death, but he is the best editor i could have ever asked for hands down on musician Um, oh dude he's written music for the podcast it's fantastic i'm I'm gonna fucking i'm gonna plug if you guys haven't heard it yet uh i'll i'll link the youtube uh that we we just put up this song on youtube but he made a carnival song for extinction curse that was specific to the adventure path that's so cool that's awesome we plan on rewriting it and the lyrics for every book to make it applicable to the party situation and we're fucking pumped for that he's so good at that sort of shit it's really good too yeah, I did listen to that when you guys announced your because I think you posted it on Twitter when you announced Extinction Curse. Really? Do you had you had it back then? Oh right? yeah, the yeah, yeah. Uh, the song, and I remember being like, "Okay, here's going to be a legit one. These boys are coming in hot coming with in the hot. pre-composed music. Here we go." Um, I'll I'll I won't I probably won't give. Yeah, I'm gonna say it anyways. Uh, David has just like he's just finalizing and getting a a custom made guitar viol shipped to him and if you know what a guitar viol is there's like four dudes in the world that make that fucking thing and uh that's that's the strings you hear in the game of thrones intro and he's getting one and i'm so fucking excited okay okay (laughs) david's one of those people that you throw an instrument in front of him and he can play it doesn't matter what the fuck it is you give him an instrument he'll play it yeah, for the longest time, the backdrop of our Zoom calls with him uh, were he had on his wall his mandolin, his acoustic guitar, his fucking banjo, his electric, and uh, you know, or the, you know several variations of it. He's just one of those guys, and we love having him. So yeah, David, go be in Georgia. Man, I'm jealous. Like, why couldn't any of my players be? <laughs> Dude, I play we- drums like a motherfucker, but I live in an apartment, so I can't do that. So. No, no one's heard anything, Steve. So <laughs> I live in an apartment. That's why. I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's the next uh, hideous laughter exclusive music. Oh, we, we uh, composed our own. It's just a drum track. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a drum solo. It's a and drum it's, track. It's really quiet because Steve lives in an apartment. Yep. Steve lives in an apartment, so it's just him banging on the fucking walls. It, <laughs> 
It's uh, it yeah, it's 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 a minute of drum track and then thirty seconds of me apologizing to my neighbors. <laughs> it's like him actually going downstairs and opening the door. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm looking forward to this release, so just make sure you let me know on Twitter and I'll yeah. get on it. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll you. tag you. Um, guys, we do have a whole lot of other questions to uh, to get Shit through. Our next one again comes from Adam from Southern Tom Foolery. What are some of the biggest misconceptions that you think people have about Tui? I think we kind of touched this a little bit, right? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, I think probably the biggest misconception is that the um, things don't do as much as they did in first edition. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's if you pick up the second edition book and just look at the feats as a first edition player, or you just look at the player part powers as a first edition player yeah they're gonna look like shit that's because you're plugging them into your brain's first edition rule set that's not how the second edition rule set works so again i said it early on i'm gonna say it again go read chapter nine playing the game understand it and then everything plugs into it and it makes sense and it's solid it really is well i think that makes sense to me i i think we should just keep rolling guys because we had a lot of people asking you guys a lot of questions, and I want to get them all answered. The next couple questions come from Paul Curious Blartart, who reached out to me, like I said earlier, and wanted his name updated to Buy Fuck Tyler Tart. Um, <laughs> so you're welcome, Tyler. I wonder who, I wonder who that is. All right, we're going to go. <laughs> he, he's got four questions for you guys, if you can believe it. So we're going to kind of lightning round this. The first one. If you could have a celebrity for an all-on-the-table game, who would it be? I've been obsessing about this question, but I came down on Stephen Colbert. Oh, I, I also do want to say that um, at least, Ted, before you answer this question, keep in mind that Griffin and I have already been on the show, so you don't have, you don't have to. <laughs> I, I don't know anybody else. Uh, no. Um, and anime girls aren't real. Yes. God damn it. Don't tell Griffin, Griffin, we just derailed the whole show. It's gone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I got nothing. Um, Elon Musk. See what the fuck kind of character that, that All son right. of a bitch makes. Okay. He would make something insane, and you know it. Like, some crazy character. I think that's actually a really great answer. Uh, Griffin, who would you want to stick these guys with? Oh, uh, who would I stick them with? Yep. Hold on Am I playing as well in this scenario? <laughs> um, Am I also I playing? I guess that's up to you, honestly. Oh, boy. That's... I think... Oh, man. That's that's difficult if I'm in it or not, man. Um, I just picture, like, think- if I'm not in it, Larry the Cable Guy or something like that. Larry the Cable Guy. That'd be really fun to play around. <laughs> yeah. I think so. <laughs> at least he could do a voice true <laughs> he's great at doing voices he does a town like this all the time oh. uh, <laughs> uh, I think Pat Oswalt would be really fun to play with oh that's a, a phenomenal answer because that's an actual good answer that would be that would be great I, I imagine he'd be incredible yeah him or Kevin Smith I would really like to play with I, I don't even know that Kevin's. I mean, I mean, I know he's into nerdy things. I don't know how much he plays tabletop stuff, but I just feel like, I mean, the way that dude, yeah, writes 
I know he'd come up with something really cool. Yeah. He was one of my, he was one of my top three when I was thinking about it was Kevin Smith was one of them. Yeah. You had time to think about this. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't see the doc. You weren't thinking about the anime titties. All I, all I think about. Yeah, he had no time titties. to read the rest of it. He was like on, uh, he's doing grass. There's a second page. <laughs> <laughs> As for me, if I were to uh, put some, nominate someone for All on the Table, um, I, I'm, I'm going to throw that Nicolas Cage on there. because Of course. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd take it, man. I love that dude. Dude, I'm, I'm ready for a sesh to devolve into Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> yes, yeah. it would. I, I want Nicolas Cage at my gaming table um, if I'm on All on the Table. Um, so that's that's my answer there. Um, next question: What's your favorite class from uh, Pathfinder First Edition that you cannot wait for them to build into Pathfinder Second Edition? Tyler, we're going to start with you. Lightning round, go. What's the class? Which? 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 Cool. Which? Ted, what's the class? Go. I don't have a class. I have an archetype. Mm-hmm. Um, anything time related, really. Anything time related, Griffin? What you got? There's multiple. Yeah. Uh, Inquisitor for sure. Inquisitor, love it. As for myself, I want them to figure out vigilante. <laughs> vigilante, Fig- figure it out. It's <laughs> man. It's be- it's still whack in first edition. I think it's a great thing, but it's got to get Give done right. Me the fucking vigilante before Agents of Edgewatch. Oh, I need it at some point. Okay, that no, AP. I'm in with you on that. Uh, my opinion, that's a perfect archetype. Add, oh, yeah. add oh, vigilante onto any class. Maybe vigilante. Yeah, perfect. maybe you're right. Maybe it is an archetype that you just throw yeah. on whatever. That makes sense. Well, I think first edition vigilante was just you could go anywhere yeah. with it, but it just mimicked other classes exactly. stuff aside from mm-hmm. what the vigilante has, which is the social persona. So just make that an archetype. Yeah. There you go. We answered it. Um, what's one rule that you don't like or doesn't make sense from second edition? Tyler, go. This is a trick question. Ted, you go. Ted, I go. I was hoping you would go so I could think of it. All right, I, I have go. A, I, get, I have I a hard time with this one. I didn't one. know there was a second page. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time with this one, man, because everything plugs in. I mean, yeah. you know, if there was one thing that I think has been the wrench in every gear, whether it's Fall of Plague Stone, Extinction Curse, all on the table, it's the incapacitation trait. I, I get it. You had to make it so that color spray couldn't one-shot bosses. I get it, mm-hmm. right? But incapacitation is fucking confusing. F- simplify it. That's it. That's that's the answer I'm looking for. Because because I, I didn't really have one. Griffin, do you got one? You don't really have one. No. Uh, oof. I mean, there's a lot I like, so it's kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't like that they brought multiple, um, and and this is subject to change. But in the playtest, which I don't like, which being multiple um, spellcasting schools, if you're gonna do that, leave it to the leave it to the fucking sorcerer and make the sorcerer actual actually fucking special. Like I want the sorcerer to be special. I'd be the only thing that can cast from like every school, um, depending on what you pick. It just felt kind of like a cop out for the witch. I get the flavor. I just make witch arcane or make witch occult. I don't care. I I think I agree with that. I think I do. Yeah. 
I do too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on with you on that. They're occult casters. Get you know, move on. Move on. All yeah. right. Um this, get hexes figured out. This, I thought of one. Oh, you did. Tess okay, what one. you got, man? Yep. So the rule I don't like is flat footed. I don't like that it's a flat minus two. Ooh. Okay. That you see? I, I I liked how Pathfinder first edition had flat footed and touch ACs. I don't like what they're doing with it in second edition. Okay. Well, just think if you could have like a weird combination of touch and kinetic and also that stupid minus two flat footed and that's Starfinder. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> Very. There, there you go. Um, you could be flat footed in your touch AC. Suck it, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, nerds. <laughs> Fucking flexing on him. Um, this one is is very specific. Again, this is this is our last question from by fuck Tyler Tart. Um, and, and it is directed at our boys from Minnesota from the MinMax podcast. What's something from Minnesota that us non-Midwesterners wouldn't know about? I once had somebody that I made friends with who came from California. And I made friends with her just before uh, a Minnesota winter. And she worked at the mall. And we had one of those winters where... It, a Minnesota person would know, but like you would expect winter to happen at a particular time of year. Everybody's time of year is different, but there's always that moment where you're like, ah, it's winter now. Right. Um, ours was, it's just cold, no snow, cold, cold, no snow, cold. And then fucking two feet of snow in 24 hours. And she was stuck working at the mall in a kiosk, which means there's no windows anywhere. Right. And she's like, I, I, can't, I know I need somebody to come pick me up. So I went to go pick her up and we got outside and watching her walk through a foot of snow was the most entertaining fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And then when we got into the car, she asked me, why is there snow on the road? And I said, they haven't had a chance to plow it yet. Why? Why would you think there wouldn't be snow on the road? And she said, well, I just thought the roads were heated or something. So my answer is the roads are not heated in Minnesota. They're plowed, and if you're driving here and there's snow on the ground, drive like grandma's in the back seat with a scalding hot cup of tea. That's how you drive in Minnesota. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but you ended up marrying this girl, correct? No, no, actually, no, wait, no, no. no. <laughs> she sounds no, like no, no. a real catch. <laughs> Somebody who, like, like t- she was tiptoeing through snow. It was like, oh, God, I can't touch it. I couldn't, know. No, no, my, you get your shoes wet. My wife is the least like she's more of a man than I am. Let me just say that. Agreed. Yep. Yep. My wife's more of a man than I am. Wow. You jumped on that really fast head. It's true. It's true. No, no doubt in my mind. hundred percent true. Anyways. And Ted, (laughs) tell us something crazy about Minnesota, man. It gets really fucking hot here. A lot of people think we're just all winter. Middle of summer, we're 100 plus degrees and humid. The humidity here is fucking insane. 70 to 80%. Yeah. Like, even even David. Those 10,000 lakes. Exactly. Eat them up. But but even David said, who's down in Georgia, said that summer is there. The humidity and the heat are not as bad as they are in Minnesota. He said it actually gets hotter in Minnesota. Wow. What's it like to live in hell? Um, cheap. I, really cheap. <laughs> really cheap. Really cheap. Really cheap. <laughs> Great answer. 
man. You know what I think is really weird? There's a lot of uh, Pathfinder specifically podcasters that are from Minnesota. Like, not even that are just there right now, but like Brooks and Emily are on our podcast are from Minnesota. Like, really? You guys are from Minnesota. Heck yeah. Like the the Dice Crisis guys are from Minnesota. I think there are more even that I'm missing. Those there are. are it's oh, mine. it's because. Pancake waffles, waffle pancakes, something like that. That's another one that's from it's Minnesota. Because there's nothing else to do. I was going to say, there's only like three or four months out of the year we can go outside. Okay. No, no. <laughs> here's here's the real answer, uh, and it's the reason I will never move from this state. Um, we are a solid arts community. We have we have good theater. We have good music. We have like if you're not going to get any sort of like typical starving artist derision in Minnesota. Uh, we're all super supportive of each other. And I've never like, I talk to people about the community that I have that are outside of the state. And they're like, wow, that sounds like something I've never experienced before. So up until very recently, I now feel privileged living in this state because of how close knit our neighbors are. So that's, that's my actual answer of why I, Love this state. The real Minnesota nice. Yeah. Stupid, passive aggressive bullshit. That that's absolutely <laughs> part of it though. Don't don't lie, because when you walk out of the room, grandma's like, that's a really bad haircut Ted had. Damn, Anyways. dude. Fucking specifically. Grandma's that. just She's busting on you. I mean Yeah, fuck damn. you, Tyler. Dude, old old mid old Midwestern women, man, you won't find somebody who's as good as delivering an underhanded diss with a smile and a little laugh at the end of it. She might pink, pinch your cheek in the middle of it, but you're you're done with it. You're like, yeah, thank you. Wait. Oh, oh shit. Okay, all right. I see how you are. Anyways, yeah. I mean, we've all got. Uh, complicated relationships with older Midwestern women. Uh, but moving on to the next question we have here. This is from uh, our user called Ratha. What other APs slash systems have you guys played and what are your group standouts? Honestly, a lot of these answers are coming up to you guys because listeners of our shows. Yeah, I think we've, we've shared this yeah, question. Def- definitely know what we've yeah. played. You guys have played for a a little bit of a while and we were talking about this before we even started uh this particular recording what what's on you guys what uh, what notches do you guys have on your bedposts okay complete I'm, campaigns I'm, I'm gonna go first because mine's much shorter since yeah. i have a third of the time played sure. as tyler what you got yeah uh pathfinder first edition i played beginning of dead suns and starfinder and uh second edition now fall plague stone extinction curse as far as first edition i played uh, really the standouts for me are the right the rune lords trilogy rise of the rune lords shattered star return of the rune lords return. Uh, I, I played a little bit of all three i have never Don't spoil yep. any return i've never return, finished man. i've never finished any of them uh shattered dark honestly kind of felt like the weak one out of the three uh i love rise i love rise whenever i've I've dm'd for some friends a few times whenever i dm i have the 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 anniversary edition one solid book that's all six books hardcover i i pull that out i'll i'll gm it for them i love that campaign uh tyler was running us through return before we started the podcast and the podcast is actually what derailed us 
from finishing Return, and yeah. we always talk about going back to it because we all loved our characters from it. We loved the story. Yeah. I mean, it was fantastic. And I really hope one day we do finish it. It's a little too wimbly wombly timely wimbly. Oh, exactly yeah. what you like. It was exactly what you wanted to. Exactly. I, I, I do have to make gold. One Yeah. It is. I do have to make one comment about my uh career in uh, Pathfinder. I've never finished a campaign start to finish. It's true. I've never finished a single campaign. I We're at ADHD with Shattered campaigns, man. I played Shattered or, or not Shattered, um Skulls and Shackles. I played the final two or three books of that. I didn't start it with you guys. Yeah, you with, came with Tyler in halfway. I didn't start it with them in Max Crew. I came in halfway. And uh, well, by our powers combined, because I got through book four, so <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> you played the Shackles. Just that together. We did it. And then I played uh, <laughs> Tyrant's Grasp, uh, first book, which also seemed like a really interesting campaign. I know that was the final first edition campaign. Um, I really look forward to finishing it. I, I'm playing that with uh, some buddies, and it seems like it's going to be fun. Well, that's awesome, man. That's that's a really good spread. I know Tyler, you've played a lot too, right? Um, yeah. So I'm going to go Run with a the, lot. I'm going to give you the ones I've finished. Um, I uh, as a GM, uh, Rise of the Rune Lords is my. If I'm introducing somebody into a campaign, we start with Rise. I know Rise of the Rune Lords like the back of my hand. I ran that before Pathfinder when it was a 3.5 AP, right? Uh, so I've been running Rune Lords for a decade now. Um, I love that. Ga- I love it. It's filled with tropes. Um, if you can manage to get your PCs to book, I think four is the Rune Forge. That the Rune Forge is the best dungeon ever conceived. I thought that was Period. five. I'm pretty sure that's five. Yeah, it may, it, you're probably right. You're probably right because yeah. it's the thing you do right before the final. Yeah, yeah. You're so much, right. so much for knowing it like the back of your hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, no, I mean, I, 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 and I will stand by the Rune Forge is the best dungeon ever conceived because it's short, it's concise, it has themes, and it's interesting. No spoilers. Right? I've it's never good. gotten to it's it. It's really good. Oh, do it, do it. Yeah, um, I've finished Second Darkness. No, uh, didn't finish that one. Curse of the Crimson Throne. I've finished. Um, I didn't finish Rain of Winter, but we got really far in that one. Uh, fuck, my finished list is shorter than I thought it was. We never finished anything in the min, min- max group. Everyone no, no, gets hold distracted. On. Hold on a sec. Hold on a second. Uh, that's not live, so that's not true. Our group doesn't finish shit all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I we've actually touched nearly every single AP, except for Iron Gods, uh, Iron Fang Invasion, and. Wow. I think that's it. We've touched every other one. Isn't nice. Iron Gods the one where you get mythic levels? Like it's written into the campaign yeah, that's get mythic? R- Rain of Winter. I thought that was, uh, uh, yeah, Wrath mm-hmm. of the Righteous. It's written into Rain of Winter. Yeah. That's Wrath of the Righteous. <coughs> oh, no, you're right. I had somebody who ran a Rain of Winter game Ooh. when they ran mythic levels. Sorry. Yeah. It could be dope. <laughs> well, I mean, there, things balance wise. There are moments in Reign of Winter where you get things from NPCs, and instead of getting what the book told you to get, he gave us oh, mythic wow. levels. 
Hey Tyler, remember when you gave uh, our murder hobo party mythic levels in uh, Rise of the Rune Lords, and then you worst killed, idea. You you wiped our group because I you wiped you how because it was. it was the worst idea ever. Mythic levels. Uh, I hated that book. I'm sorry. That's the one Paizo book that I'm like, nope, just don't look at it, don't touch it, don't it's do like, anything. Uh, mythic is like a very strong word, and you just kind of don't want to give it. I mean. I tried it because it was a mechanic I was interested in. I liked the mechanic, well, you know? If I was one of your players, I'd just be, I take Mythic Vital Strike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, he, he took Mythic Vital Strike. He had a bunch of reach bullshit. He had like 25 feet of reach uh, at like level 8 or 10 or something like that. And he ended up like fucking one-shotting a Magnum Dragon with an attack of opportunity. I'm, I, like, I'm done. No more. I quit. <laughs> I think I got. I think I got scared off of mythic levels when um, our buddy Tim, who makes kind of jokey characters for fun, hundred percent of um, the was, <laughs> was was playing in Wrath of the Righteous and was able to throw a hammer three times around like a thousand feet. And it would, it would, the same hammer would return to him within six seconds. So he could like snipe people from like a city block away. He like calculated how fast that hammer went. And it's like the hammer is faster than a fucking bullet train. I'm telling you. Right. Yeah. It's if you want to play a game like that, go play fate that that doesn't belong in 3.5 or first edition. Like. It's. Have you ever heard of the peasant <laughs> cannon before? Oh, no is one? that where uh, in six seconds everybody passes the, like you line yes. up a bunch of peasants and they pass a mm-hmm. cannonball between them and by the time it reaches the end, it's going, you know, faster than the a speed cannon of sound or something yeah. stupid like that. Um, or there's a, I think it's not knock knock. There's a kobold build in three point five that is like third level but is capable of like basically you su- it's like wish shenanigans you summon a genie you ask it to give you a wish and then you ask for a bunch of shit and then you get more wishes and then you ask for more shit like the rules allowed for some pretty crazy shit and if you want to play that game go play fate <laughs> just do it just go play fate there you have it um boys we got we got one last little group of questions. This comes from Jason of What Do You Do Pods. He wants to know what the best hot dish. Know what that is? Is uh, is that tater tots, cornflakes, or Fritos? Tater tots. Tater tots. Tater tots. Tyler, it's tater tots. I mean, yeah, I think it's pretty unanimous that yeah, tater tots yeah. would win that one. I don't know why the fuck Fritos is on there. It Fritos sounds delicious. Go. It does yeah, sound it delicious. Does. I've only ever seen it with tater. I don't know what hot dish yeah. is. I'm yeah. gonna throw my vote to Fritos, because <laughs> I, uh, I think Fritos I don't know would what be it good. Is. I think cornflakes is like cornflakes is like the uh, shitty version the of fucking Fritos? ugly stepsister of the other two. Though. You know, uh, I've had the cornflake hot dish before. My great aunt made it, and it was a weird recipe that nobody liked. She always brought it to Thanksgiving, and only like a, a quarter of it was ever uh, gone. Was she nobody like from liked the Dakotas it. or something like Minnesota's. Tater tots. Wax and I know. Dakotas. Um, <laughs> fuck, fuck the Dakotas. Well, they put meth on the top of their hot dish? <laughs> that's, Jesus. that's North Dakota. 
<laughs> oh man, yeah, the tater tots is the resounding answer. All right, soaked it in crude oil. <laughs> pour oil on it, and then uh, and All then good. Jason's second question, which is also going to be the last question of our night tonight. If Hams and St. Pauli Girl had a kid, what beer would they be? Fuck. I don't know what St. Pauli Girl is. That's, oh, how, really? I'm, I'm almost 30, and I've only ever lived in Isn't Minnesota. Isn't that like a Well, well okay. I spent a year in South Dakota. Well, St. Pauli Girl is known for their non-alcoholic beer. That would be that why. I'm not a non-alcoholic. At least in my in my circle. <laughs> Certainly not a non-alcoholic. In my circle of family members in southern Minnesota, St. Pauli Girl or O'Doul's if you wanted an NA beer. I don't think St. Pauli Girl yeah, O'Doul's. is non-alcoholic. I'm like do, Oh, do no, they no, have I mean, like a non-alcoholic version of it? They they have a non-alcoholic yeah. version, and that's the yeah. only experience oh, gotcha. I okay. have with. Saint I was about Paul to girl. say, like, there's no way. Like, I've seen like yep. commercials for this and shit. Like, it's not. Na- yeah, yeah, no, and I, and I've had I've had their full beer before, and it's good. You know, not to knock St. Pauli girl, it's good what, shit. What kind of Just, beer is it? They've got a whole line, uh, but they've got. I think the best of their line is probably their lager. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I've never even heard of it. It's a it's a it's a city's thing for sure, yeah. Ted. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I think if they had a kid, though, avoid- I would name it Sal's because you got your hams and like if they have a daughter, that's name pretty it good. Sal's. I would I would say if Hams and St. Pauli girl had a kid, maybe uh maybe that's just old style. Uh that appears that appears cheap and whack. That's close. I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Northeast. I'm gonna go with shame. Just call it shame. Just call it shame. Yeah. Just call it shame. <laughs> Shame. Shame on you. <laughs> Good times. Oh, man. Call that one a flirty girl. Hammy girl. All right. Well, I, I'll tell you what. I absolutely had a blast having you guys on tonight for the Min Max podcast. Um, this has been an absolute riot. We had a a ridiculous good time playing with you guys more than once. We still have another episode to record for that on the table sesh. So you can see Griswold, the gray area and Kanan again um, at this time, Tyler and Ted, I would, uh, you know, I'd like to extend the invitation for the folks uh, listening tonight. Where can they find you? That one's uh, any, any of the major prop podcast distributors, MN maxed. Um, you'll find it. But if you want to go to our website, we've got character sheets, we've got art, uh, and a few things like that. It's just minmaxed.com. And uh, we'd, yeah, go to the website. We like, we like talking to people on the website. You can find our Discord there. Um, and if you want to come hang out with us in our Discord, we love talking to people. Again, that was MN yes. Max. And I found out today that the MN meant Minnesota and was not just misspelling. So. Yep. You found that out it today? <laughs> what the fuck? I've these guys for like two weeks. Man, you must have thought I was <laughs> you must have thought I was a piece of shit there for a while. This is like these guys put it out without the I. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Why'd they capitalize two letters? Oh shit, we've been misspelling it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it it seriously has been a joy. Thank you guys so much for uh for coming on the show. And, and if you guys aren't going to say it, I will. The, the MinMax podcast has a Patreon. So if you guys want to support them, flip them a couple bucks or whatever. There's some really cool rewards out there. Um, you know what? 
I really loved having you guys on tonight. We went down a couple rabbit holes that I think were well-deserved. Ted, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. Steve, we had a great time. It's been a pleasure. Griffin, we had I'm a great glad. Time. Well, Griffin, is there anything else you want to say to the people at home? Uh, I'll do one last plug. You guys know that when we bring people on here, there are people we really like. Please, you know, give these guys a shot. 2E stuff. It's different than what we're doing, but it's all Paizo stuff. And Extinction Curse is a really cool AP. If you're not listening already, definitely give these guys a shot. First in the game, and I know from experience getting rules lawyered by them, uh, are super rock solid on their rules knowledge. You're going to learn a lot. With that, though... I think everybody should finish their drinks because we'll see you in two weeks. Later.